Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Welcome, everybody. We are back in the studio today uh, with a friend, a dear friend of Athena Communications, Nick Dillon, who is joining us today from Texas, avoiding chilly Milwaukee weather that included some snow, a lot of wind, some rain, and uh, a lot of falling leaves. So, Nick, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So we're thrilled to have you. And as you know, we have asked you to be here today to participate in a new initiative of Athena, our version of a masterclass. And so, Nick, you have been asked to speak today about leading with a belief mindset. What does that mean? Great question. And thank you so much for being asked to participate in this masterclass um, session and discussion. And For me, what I have found out in my professional journey and even personal journey is life is all about beliefs. And beliefs are what I call accepted truths. And so when we are leading our lives very intentionally versus just living, then we're leading with a very intentional belief mindset. Because that means if we're believing that things will happen positively for us, if we're believing that we can build some great relationships, if we're believing that the world can even be a better place, then that starts with a thought and it resonates in our mental mindset. And it's a daily regimen that we have to do each and every day because oftentimes chaos is all around and you've got to be really, really focused in terms of paying attention to your mindset, even if it's something as simple as preparing for something like this, uh, going into a meeting, talking with a colleague, speaking with a relative, it's always a good tip to just take a small mental note of where your mindset is, where your mental mindset is. And so I read something interesting about you, and this goes back to when you were a child. You said that your dad always had an entrepreneurial spirit, and your mom encouraged you to be the best you can be in life because average will never get noticed or recognized. How did you internalize that as a child? Great question again. As a child, I often thought I wasn't good enough. And having some health challenges and dealing with some bullying as a child, when you're impressionable during those times, it's really, really, it can be really weighing on your mental mindset. And so absence of knowing how to develop myself personally and professionally at the time, you go dark, you go inward. And I did just that, depressed lack of self-image, lack of self-esteem. And it got so dark for me that at one point I planned my own suicide. Hmm. And so to be able to shift, because I realized at that moment, um, subsequently, some months later, as I started to pour into myself and really kind of develop this mind and mindset, but I saw in action in real time how your beliefs and your mindset can be so strong and powerful 
certainly as it relates to life happening, your own personal situations, your history, your upbringing, and all of that that goes on. So I believed the names I was called. I believed I wasn't good enough. I believed that I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And so that left me in a space of no hope. And so to be able to shift some of those things I know my mom was real big on was operating in excellence, trying to make sure I have three other brothers and really trying to emphasize to us that we are good enough, that we have to excel beyond just average. Average is what I call the status quo is used to. And so because the world, 95% of us operate in average because it's accepted. And so she knew even as a youngster that in order for you to get noticed, in order for things to really happen for you, you have to excel beyond average. So C's were unacceptable in our household. I hear that. And uh, it's interesting because we are still emerging from a global pandemic. We have seen our youth. We have seen our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues really, really have some challenging times. How do you tell people to get past that internal, that self, uh, that negative self-talk? How do you urge people or recommend to people that they see past that? Again, great question. This is unique. And I would like to offer to people that as we grow up and as we grow up and we experience our family, we experience life, we experienced our teachers, our clergy, our peers, our colleagues, our siblings, grandma, all of these different relationships that we experience growing up. And as we're growing up, our unconscious and some cases conscious beliefs are formulating. And as they start to formulate, we, believe it or not, cultivate some beliefs that are working for us. And we also have some beliefs that are not working for us. Some beliefs we actually bring along for the ride because they keep us safe. Mm. They may not serve us, but they keep us safe. And then we have those beliefs that we're confident in, that we know of, that we're sure of, that really foster what we want in life and moves us forward. And the challenges that we have each and every day is we're navigating the negative beliefs, the limiting beliefs. Well, those beliefs have derived from our experiences, from something somebody told me, and I always use like to use the example. I remember my third grade teacher, Miss Wolf, and I'll never forget her name, often telling me that she didn't know if I was going to ever amount to anything in life. I would never make it in life. Hmm. And so that's third grade. And that's many, many years of education and aging and experiences later. But I still remember that. That was impression upon me then. And part of my life's journey was struggling. Is she right? Is she right? I'm in this moment of feeling and thinking and doing. Was she really right? And it wasn't until I wrapped my arms and really unpackaged that belief that I wanted to hold on to, because in some cases, it was right when I decided for myself to self-select out of things. 
when I decided for myself to not go for something, to not try for something because I didn't believe I was good enough. Yet another belief that we internalize that's not working for us, but it keeps us safe. And as long as I didn't try, I was safe where I was. As long as I didn't go for it, I was safe where I was. I wouldn't get bad news and I wouldn't be rejected. So a lot of this stares up to create this persona of fear, which is reality of what we honestly create ourselves. And so the big thing that we've got to do is we've got to manage day to day. And that's why I stress that this is a day to day regimen is that you got to manage that self-talk. You got to manage what am I saying to me? Because along this journey, what I have also learned is that mama can say it, (laughs) peers can say it, my boss can say it, a colleague can say it, but the loudest person speaking is always going to be me to me. (laughs) Because that tells you the, the real true and essence of where the belief is coming from. Because to be honest, if someone said something to you and you knew it was not true, you should be able to mentally and emotionally dismiss it and move on. So what does Nick Dillon say to himself every morning when he looks in the mirror? Good, good question again. One of the things that I have is I have my mantras. And so my mantra each morning is waking up because I get on the treadmill because I still got some health challenges. So I try to get on the treadmill and I exercise and I take those moments. And in those moments, and I would encourage us to do this, is those are moments of mindfulness. Those are moments of shining the flashlight in the corners of your mental mindset in search of things that you don't want in there. It could be things that resonated over from the night before, some things that you're thinking about that you've got to do or task or things that are coming in the future. And what I do is I intentionally try to set positive intention for the day. And that if that means, hey, man, this is going to be a long day. Sometimes that's not the greatest thing to say. So I reshape that and I reformulate that to myself that today is going to be a great day because here's what I got going on. I'm going to be able to impact one life, one individual at a time today. And that is priceless for me. And when I remind myself of that, and then I remind myself for what I am grateful for, to inhale, to exhale, to see that my family is still intact, to see that my loved ones are okay, to know that I've got the activities of my limbs, I can move around. Then I get in gratitude and grateful mode. And then from there, I put into my ear, my mental mindset, positive music, positive reflection, a positive audio book, some sort of positive word that gets into my mental and emotional space for the day that carries me throughout the day. When you don't do that, and when we don't build what I call is this mental muscle, then what stays there is what we've experienced, what we've known, what we've heard. That's why it's so important to continuously grow each and every day, because absence of that, all you got to pull from is what you know. And sometimes what we know is not serving us the way we want to serve us today. Nick, how much does emotional intelligence play into all of this? Great question. (laughs) Because emotional intelligence is big. Because the first quadrant 
in emotional intelligence is really essentially you being good with you. And it's easy for us to go out and go to college and take a class and get a certification because we believe that society is looking at your resume. Society is looking at your pedigree Mm. and we can present that pedigree for opportunities. We can present that resume. We can do all of these things. But the reality is, is that personal development is the competitive edge. And so what I find is that a lot of leaders and a lot of professionals have the challenges in understanding themselves. We put this representative on of what we believe we need to be to go into our respective workplaces without the awareness of who we are ourselves. And then when there's emotion, when there's situations, when there's challenges, we don't know what's going on. And then we may say something, we may do something, or in some cases, we self-select out. Sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously. So emotional intelligence being comfortable in who you are, comfortable in how you show up, comfortable in yourself, and then not only that, being open to how others see you, knowing how others see you, how you work in in situations of conflict, how you work in groups, in social atmospheres, and how you're able to manage yourself as a leader or as a professional contributor inside an organization to be effective. I got to have a pulse on that. It's not a good thing if I don't have a pulse on that and I have to be in a meeting and get feedback from a leader that's telling me all these things I'm not aware of. So yes, emotional intelligence is extremely critical. It allows us to do one of the things that I find so amazing, and that is extend some grace and empathy and compassion to you first, you as an individual. So you recognize that you're an imperfect human being in a world of striving to be the best you that you can be. And you get to extend that level of empathy, compassion, and love to others. So yes, emotional intelligence is huge. Well, I love that you mentioned empathy and grace. Uh, I talk a lot with my family about, let's assume best intentions. How do you help people do that? How do you help people say, you know, assume best intentions? And when it doesn't happen, how do you work through that? How do you process that? Well, first and foremost, if we remind ourselves that we are all imperfect human beings, that's first and foremost. No one's perfect nor will we all be perfect. Now we strive and should only be striving to be better than we as individuals were yesterday. What that also means is that we're going to have to muddle through and make mistakes and cultivate and learn and grow through those mistakes. But at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm big on not having expectations beyond what you can see. And so if I don't have expectations and I have a positive outlook and positive outlook means that unless someone intentionally tells me their intent was to harm, then when I have situations and even with family and friends and loved ones, we've had situations of disappointment. We've had situations where maybe something was said that rubbed someone the wrong way, but 
let's have a conversation around the true essence or heart of it. And if someone tells you that that wasn't my intention, it wasn't my heart speaking, sometimes I'm a big, I say it all the time, sometimes when we lead with emotion, the behavioral outcome is unpredictable. And sometimes that happens. It reassures us yet again that we're all human and that we're all imperfect individuals. And if we remain committed to change, committed to openness, committed to positive outlook, and more importantly, forgiveness, then we can move forward. Because remember, when you're talking about belief and mindset, what's really big for me is keeping it open. I can't harbor anger. I can't harbor guilt. I can't harbor, you know, unforgiveness because all of that stuff becomes baggage that I bring along with me and it affects my mindset for the day. So I've got to be willing to release. I've got to be willing to let go. I've got to be willing to forgive because those things impact how you show up. And if I want to show up as a professional, certainly leading, then I have to model what I want to see. And if I show up in a bad mood, I'm unapproachable. I don't lead with empathy. I don't have a heart of compassion. That shows up. Whether you think it's not showing up in your your team, it shows up. And if your team starts to model you, then they're doing what you do. And if they don't see empathy and compassion and a little bit of positive outlook, a little bit of grace, then how can we expect that to be given back. And I and and to your point, practicing that with our own family, friends and loved ones makes it a whole lot easier when we get into the workplace. Mm, I love that. And I'm sitting here listening to all these wise and insightful and wonderful words. Nick, what do you say to the people who say to you, oh, Nick, this belief mindset, will it really change my personal, my professional trajectory? How do you help people get out of their own head so they can see this and understand it? How can we tell people to actionize what you're, what you're saying to us today? Absolutely. One of the big things that I often say is that if someone tells me they're stuck, if someone tells me I'm having challenges getting a promotion, I'm having challenges to get a job. I'm having challenges with my team. I'm having challenges in a relationship. Any type of scenario I just gave you, and I can go on and on and on, it's always going to tie you back to some sort of belief and mindset that they're bringing to that situation. And regardless of what conflict looks like, conflict doesn't happen alone. It doesn't happen in a silo, and it doesn't happen by yourself. And something as simple as silence can bring conflict. Mm. And so if your contribution to the conflict was simply silence, that's what you brought. And so it's always good. I'm big on every road leads back to you. Every single challenge that I have and have had to overcome has always lended itself to leading back to me. And leading back to me means I had to shape and reshape my beliefs around something because that totally changed my action. And then when it changed my action, the outcome shifted. And so to to behaviorize this, I would say, always remember this, everyone, everyone has unlimited potential. 
Because if I see it and I can visualize it, there's that potential there. But how I see it, meaning my mindset and my beliefs around that determines how I start. Because if I don't see and believe that I'm good enough, I start differently. If I believe I'm overconfident, I start differently. If I believe I'm capable and I can maximize excellent, I start differently. My behavior throughout this process looks different. And that results then also reinforces the belief system, which determines how I continuously go. So when we're trying to look at what do I do each and every day, ask yourself, how am I starting today? What is my mindset right now today? If it's emotion, sometimes you got to get rid of the emotion. If it's thoughts, sometimes we got to dismiss the thoughts. It's okay to have a conversation with yourself as long as you're not answering yourself, (laughs) you know, but have that conversation with yourself. Disrupt patterns that don't serve you. Disrupt thoughts. You can have thoughts. We just don't have to believe them all. Mm. It's okay to think and break down and unpackage. I don't have to believe it. It's okay to say in the moment, you know what? I don't think I'm good enough for this as long as I don't believe I'm not good enough. I got to break that down and say, why? And then if the whys are not impactful enough, then I got to show myself all the why I can do it and keep it moving. It's a daily regimen, daily exercise, but you got to disrupt the beliefs. The beliefs are going to be there constantly on a daily basis. And we have to really, really clean out, make sure we're, we're guiding, make sure we're focusing on our mindset on a daily basis, because life happens and life will continue to happen in order for us to be successful. So for those of us who are looking to deepen our knowledge about this, what book recommendations do you have? So I will tell you, the first recommendation is my latest project, which is called The Belief Mindset. And The Belief Mindset is my latest project, latest book, that you can buy through my website, nicholasdillon.com. And that book really teaches you about beliefs. I really break down beliefs and how your beliefs impact every aspect of your life. So once we have an understanding of how the beliefs impact the mindset, which ultimately impacts decision-making and behavior, then when life happens, when we find ourselves in situations we can understand what it is and unpackage it better. The last half of the book, I start with some journal prompts. And the very first question I ask, because when we get really clear on beliefs and mindset, I ask, who do I believe I am? Hmm. That's the very first journaling prompt that I ask is, who do I believe that I am? Because a lot of times when we get clear on what our beliefs are, We have to ask ourselves, am I living my life today based on what mama wanted me to do? Am I living my life today based on what somebody said I was good at? Am I living my life today based on what I believe is my why? And all of those directions are based on belief and mindset. Hmm. Wow. Inspiring, powerful words from our friend Nick Dillon this morning. Nick, I'd like to thank you as always, 
for being part of Athena. And uh, you shared some wonderful things for all of us today. And uh, we're looking forward to picking up that book. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Nick. Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton-Davis, available wherever you get your podcasts.